Good evening, Gina Wharton with CWP Ministries, You Say Podcast, and I'm super excited yet broken over what God has given me this week. It's just me. I'm a lone rider this week, but when I was praying for the Lord, I actually was going to do it on friendship, and that will be coming, but the Lord has had something on my heart and has impressed me that this podcast would be about that, and it's just a phrase, is at the feet of Jesus. And as I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking about what the feet and the word of God represent. And the feet and the word of God represent many things. And so I started thinking about when Mary washed Jesus' feet with her hair. You know, that was a sign of worshiping him. That was a sign of humbleness um, and just praising him at his feet for who he was and what he had done. Then it turns around to where Jesus himself wash the feet of his disciples, which is absolutely humbling that the Lord himself would get down and wash the feet of a disciple. That would be like Jesus washing my feet. And I'm so unworthy of Jesus Christ as it is. And to think that, you know, God Almighty would wash my feet is so humbling to me to even think about that. But then I got to thinking of why feet? Why are feet such a resemblance? You know, when when they do the washing of the feet, which I think I might do a podcast just on washing of the feet, maybe later down the road if the Lord allows me to. But I got to thinking like, there's so many different parts of our body, you know, but why feet? Why are feet such a resemblance? And personally, I think it's because when you wash somebody's feet, you are getting down to the lowest level of yourself that you possibly can. When we pray, we usually pray on our knees because we're bowing to an almighty God. It's a sign of humbleness. It's a sign of worshiping. You know, anything like that, you get on your knees. And so it's just a brokenness state of humbling ourselves to let God know exactly how much we love him. Or if you've ever washed somebody's feet, you know, in worship, um, that, you know, that is the most humbling thing you can do in love. Our last conference was, um, you know, talking about, you know, not casting stones, but washing feet. And it's so easy to throw stones at people, but yet it's so humbling to humble ourselves down, you know, and not maybe, you know, physically wash their feet, but spiritually, mentally, and in our Christian life, washing their feet instead of casting stones. So I just got to, to thinking all about that stuff. This is not what we're going with this podcast. But I got, to be, I got to thinking about what do feet really resemble in the Word of God? So I have a couple of verses that I'm actually going to start off with. And in Isaiah 52.7, it talks about going and sharing the gospel. It talks about how we're supposed to use our feet to actually share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and then in Ephesians 6.15, it talks about how our feet are protection and it brings peace and how our feet protect us. In Hebrews 10.13 and in Psalms 110.1, it talks about our enemies 
being underneath our feet. It talks about how, you know, they are our, under our footstool and that is our feet. And so many times we just let, you know, the enemy defeat us or our physical enemy in this world defeat us. But God says, I've already defeated them. They're underneath your footstool. Um, so that's another example. Or you can go to Nehemiah 9.21 when the children of Israel um, were in the wilderness and how it talks about how God made their feet strong. They walked everywhere and their shoes lasted for all of those years. And so it talks about the strongness of feet. And then I have been doing a study on the book of Ruth on Monday nights. I do a women's Bible study and we have been going verse by verse by verse. And I'm telling you, the Lord has just worked in a mighty way. But in chapter number three, it talks about how Ruth came to Boaz to be her kinsman. Um, to give you a little backstory. Um, you know, Ruth lost her husband. And in the Bible times, in the Old Testament, the next of kin would take Ruth on as a wife. And so anyway, Boaz, um, which was not the next to kin, he had to ask permission of somebody else. And where Ruth went to him. And when she went to him, she literally went to his feet and uncovered his feet. And it was just a sign of humbleness and a sign of submissiveness. And before you just take that and run with it, I'll just tell you this whole culture of, you know, women power and all that stuff, you can have it. Um, yes, I believe women have a huge, I mean, I have a women's ministry. I believe in God using women. It's biblical. It's all throughout the Bible. But in the word of God, it also talks about, you know, women being submissive to their husbands. And that is biblical. That is biblical. That does not mean that you are walked all over. That does not mean that you are abused. No, that means, for instance, if a husband and wife, have a big decision to make. You sit down, you know, the, you tell your husband, you know, your opinion. He tells you his opinion, but ultimately he's going to be the one that stands before God and gives an account to that decision. And he ultimately should make that decision. Y'all should pray over it, seek Jesus, go to the throne room with it. Absolutely. But ultimately he makes that decision. That is being submissive um, in one aspect. And so this world has taken submission and has literally just made it what it's not to our younger generation. So anyway, Ruth went to Boaz in a state of submission, in a state of humbleness, and that's why she went to his feet. And so I started thinking about that, and I think this is where God really just brought all this to my mind after I taught it in chapter three last week. And I got to thinking about that thing. And I got to thinking about how that is a picture, because the whole book of Ruth how Ruth and Boaz, everybody says it's the greatest love story. And it is one of the greatest love stories. But what I want you to realize is the book of Ruth is about redemption. It's about my relationship with Jesus Christ being redeemed. And so I got to thinking about how she went to his feet. And what you lay at the feet of Jesus. And this is where we're going to get this week. And I want you to search your heart. God gave me so much in this this week. I don't know if it's going to be 15 minutes, if it's going to be 25 minutes. I do not know, but it is for somebody under the sound of my voice. It was for me. So I got to thinking, why do I go to the feet of Jesus? When I picture me going to the feet of Jesus, I picture me in all my brokenness, glory, whatever, just laying it at his feet. It's a picture of my prayer life. It's a picture of my worship, what I bring to him in my mind. If I can encourage you to do anything from this podcast, other than laying down what you're going through at Jesus' feet, but if I can encourage you to do anything, you find a secret place, which is biblical. 
the best thing I have ever done with my relationship with Jesus Christ is finding a secret place in my house and I have an item there that is between me and Jesus that is a picture of the feet of Jesus and I have laid so much there. That's where I will literally crawl up sometimes in a fetal position and cry my heart out. That is where sometimes I'll just be on my knees and I will just be thanking God. That is the place where sometimes I just walk into the area and I just lay it all out and I'm like, Lord, I don't understand. I love you and I'll walk right back out. But it's all at the feet of Jesus and he knows my heart. You need that, ladies. You need where you can get alone, get away from the kids, get away from the husband, get away from the job, get away from whatever your surroundings are. Pick a place. Go there. It will change your life. So I got to thinking, what do we lay at Jesus' feet? What do you need to lay down? Maybe it's just because you're tired. Like really tired. I'm not talking about physically tired as we do get physically tired. I'm talking about spiritually tired. This is where you feel like you've done everything that you possibly can. And maybe the stuff that the Lord's told you to do. But you're just tired. You're looking at Lord and you're just saying, I can't take any more. Maybe it's mentally, spiritually, in your relationship, at your job, being a young mom, being a single person waiting for your Boaz. Whatever it is that you're facing, maybe it's just you're just tired and you just want to give up. And honestly, rightfully so. So many times, you know, we want to go, oh, you cannot even think about giving up. Do you know how many times I've thought about giving up? More times than I probably even want to remember. But I will tell you this, don't give up. Don't. Have the feeling of it? Sure. Acting upon it? No, ma'am. Do not. God will give you the supernatural strength that you need. All you have to do is ask him. Ask him. So many times we just go to our girlfriends or whoever is your outsourcing. You're just like, I'm just tired. I'm mentally, physically, I'm ready to give it up. I'm just, a well, number one, remember the enemy doesn't know anything until it comes out of your mouth. The minute that, that's why the book of Proverbs says that you're supposed to speak life and not death. Because the minute that you speak that death, and I have learned this over and over and over again. The minute that you speak it, you have given the enemy every weapon he needs to attack you. Watch your words. Your words are life or they are death upon your life. Like you're either speaking life into yourself or you are speaking death. You are speaking life into your family or you are speaking death. You are speaking life upon your relationship or you are speaking death. The book of Proverbs says it and the word is true. God don't lie. So watch what you say because the enemy doesn't know where to attack you until you speak it. So when you're tired, start speaking life. You're like, Gina, that's not reasonable. Yeah, it is. We just have to put it to practice. Maybe you're under the sound of my voice and say, you know what? 
You know what I bring to the feet of Jesus? Pure bitterness. That's what I bring. I'm bitter. Bitterness is a cancer. We talked about it on our last podcast, and I'm not going to stay here long, but to get over bitterness, you have to bring it to the feet of Jesus. You have to. But to be able to bring bitterness to the feet of Jesus, you have to humble yourself. And this is where we get caught as Christians. We let pride come in ourselves. Well, I'm not going to let go of that bitterness because so-and-so or this circumstance or whatever happened. But you have to. For you to get over the bitterness in your heart, you have to become humble. And when you come to the feet of Jesus, you cannot become prideful. You can't come to the feet of Jesus for healing and be prideful doing it. Why it's at the feet of Jesus? Because you're at your lowest state. You can't take anymore. You're tired, remember? Now you're bitter. So you're getting down to your face. When I come to the feet of Jesus, I go face down. Because sometimes that's all I can do. That's all I can do. That's all I have to give him. I don't have to give him anything else. So when I come to him, I just go straight face down sometimes. Sometimes it's a fetal position and I'm grabbing that one object that to me is the feet of Jesus in my mind just kind of as, you know, as a example and I'm bawling my eyes out. But you have to come humble. And we don't like that word because it's so much easier to stay prideful than to become humble. Or maybe you just need to come to the feet of Jesus because you're just broken. Many times I have come to the feet of Jesus broken. I remember one Sunday morning I was in church and um, I remember the preacher preaching a message and I'm telling you the Holy Spirit just swept through that place Everybody was crying. People were on the altar and everything. And I was going through something that nobody really knew about. And Shane, which is my oldest, had preached a message. He had just become the pastor of this little church. And and I really didn't know. I mean, a lot of people had just started going there. And I remember I was in the second to the last pew. And I remember everybody was just going down to the altar. And I was just sitting there. And I was so cold. I was just so cold. Because you can get so broken, and I don't care. You can be the best Christian in the world, whatever. But I'm telling you right now, you you can become so broken that you become absolutely cold to the things of God. And know my heart. That's the last thing that I wanted to become. But I was so broken, I didn't have anything to bring to the feet of Jesus. Nothing. It was like one day I had a full pot, a full pot. And if you can picture, you know, we go to the mountains and I watch the people make those um, clay pots. And every time that I sit there and watch them do those clay pots and how they take their hand and they mold them and they mold them and they mold them. And it is so intriguing to me because the first thing I think about is how one day God took all my broken pieces That all I had to lay at his feet was brokenness. That's it. I was tired mentally, physically, spiritually. I was bitter to the things that had happened in my life. 
And now I was just plumb broken. And all I had to offer that morning was pieces of something that was once whole. And I remember I got it. I couldn't even go to the altar, okay? I remember getting on my face, face down in between those two pews and crying out to Jesus and saying, I don't have anything but these broken pieces. The morning God saved my soul, I didn't have anything but broken pieces to lay at his feet. That's it. My heart wasn't right. My heart was broken. I was defeated beyond all accounts of being defeated. And all that's all I had to offer. And what did he do? When I brought him to his feet, what did he do? He did just like the guys in the mountains do. He started his wheel and it started spinning (laughs) and it started spinning and it started spinning and he put a little bit more clay and he started forming and he put a little bit more clay and he started forming and he took some more pieces of my once broken pot and he put them on the wheel and he started forming because you see, that's what Jesus does. When we come to his feet, he heals us. When we come with our tiredness, when we come with our bitterness, when we come with our brokenness, when we're defeated, when we're trying to conquer something that we were never meant to conquer, he's there. And he puts us on that wheel and he says, I know you're tired. Let me take your tire of broken pieces. I know you're defeated. I know this thing standing in front of you that you just see. It's nothing but a humongous mountain that you cannot conquer. You know what he simply says? Bring me your pieces. Let me put it on my wheel and let me form you. Let me help you conquer what you think you can't conquer. Because you're right. You can't do it. But at my feet... You can. But so many times we think we can handle it ourselves. So many times we get off course. So many times we take on and we take on. And I'm so guilty of this thinking I'm superwoman. And I'm like, oh, I can handle it. Give it to me. I can handle it. I can handle it. I can handle it till one day. Guess what? You can't handle it anymore. And before you realize it, You are at the feet of Jesus. You know, when I was going through my such broken state, I remember I would cry in the shower. And um, I remember crying in the shower because my boys were smaller. And anytime that I would cry, it would just, even in their teenage years, they'd be like, Mama, are you okay? You know, they'd worry about me. Their boys, you know, they'd worry about their mama and... Um, so I remember I started crying in the shower. I remember, you know, I'd get them fed, get them all settled. They do homework, whatever, watch a movie. And I would go in the shower and I would just break because a shower is a good place to cry because of the fact that when you get out, nobody can tell you've been crying because you showered. Little note to self. So what I would do is I would just get in the shower. I would sit there. I would bawl my eyes out, you know, and I'd say, okay, Gina, suck it up. You're strong. 
You know, your mama raised an independent woman. You got this. That's what I would tell myself. And so I would get out of the shower and I'd go on another day. But what I did not realize, if I would have just taken it to the feet of Jesus, I would have been healed. Take it to the feet of Jesus. Matthew 15, 30 is when the multitudes came. And you remember they fell at Jesus' feet and they were healed. Multitudes came and fell at Jesus' feet. Matthew 15, 30, and they were healed. So I'm going to tell you what. You're like, Gina, well, what's at the feet of Jesus? Let me tell you. I told you what you bring to the feet of Jesus. Whatever is in front of you. And it could be something I didn't even mention. Healing is at the feet of Jesus. So many people say, oh, no, healing was biblical in the Bible days. Really? Because this Bible is word. I mean, this word is true and it's living and it's real. God doesn't lie. God will never lie. God is true. His word is how he speaks to us. This word all through the word tells me how Jesus healed. It can be physically that Jesus healed. And I still believe in healing. That's what he does. I mean, what would God be if he didn't heal? God's healing is different in a lot of different circumstances. Mentally, he heals. Physically, he heals. Spiritually, he heals. I don't know what healing you need, but there is healing at the feet of Jesus. If you're tired, there is pure supernatural strength at the feet of Jesus. There's been days I didn't think I could go on. And I fall at his feet. And he gives me strength that only he could give. If you're bitter, there is forgiveness at the feet of Jesus. We talked about that last week. You cannot serve God with bitterness in your heart. Forgiveness equals freedom. When you forgive, you are free. I kind of look at at Jesus. When I came to him and he saved me and he forgave me, I became free. Free. And it brings peace that I cannot explain. When you have Jesus, even when you go through things, you have a supernatural peace that he's going to take care of it. But we have to come to his feet. Does Jesus know everything? Yes. Does he read our mind? Yes. And that is a scary thought, by the way. But he does. He knows it before we say it. He knows what I'm going to come to his feet about before I say it. But there is something about getting humble. Whichever way you want to fall at the feet of Jesus, face first, on your knees, in a fetal position, whatever. And depending on what it is, I just, I don't even think about it. I just do different things. But whatever it is, when you fall at the feet of Jesus, it's just different. Not only forgiveness, but there's power at the feet of Jesus. We do not utilize our power. So many people, oh, the enemy's fighting me. Yes, he's going to. It says like he's like a roaring lion in the word of God, seeking who he may devour. But what we don't utilize is we don't go to the verses where it says that he's under our feet and he's already been defeated. Have you read Revelation? Have you read the last book? The enemy has been defeated. And so many times we let him have power over our life because we don't fall at the feet of Jesus and realize the power that we have within Jesus. We serve God. The almighty, one powerful king created you, created the universe, everything in it. Everything is his. And he's mine. And he says, what is his is mine. 
really? But yet we won't fall at his feet and bring to his feet what is so heavy on our hearts and our mind and what has us so broken when we have the power to overcome it because we've already won the battle. Your life will change if you will realize the power you have within Jesus Christ. The power that he has given us through him. Nothing of us, but all through Jesus Christ. There is restoration at the feet of Jesus. Well, Gina, what about what I've done or what about what's going on or the mistakes I made? Girlfriend, we make them all the time. But there is restoration at the feet of Jesus. None of us are perfect. We will not be perfect till we reach heaven's gates. But the word of God says is we're supposed to be just as much Christ-like as anything else. Christian is Christ-like, okay? So that means I'm not going to be perfect, but my life, should seriously be leading up and be most Christ-like and most like Jesus. And I fail him every day. But that's what the word of God says. And there is restoration at the feet of Jesus. Do not let what you did yesterday make your today. There is restoration at the feet of Jesus. If you're under the sound of my voice and you don't even know him as your personal savior, there is restoration. There is freedom. There is forgiveness. There is redemption at the feet of Jesus. If you're like Gina, I don't know what to do. The word of God says all you have to do is know that he is Lord. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart. Salvation is simple. We make it hard. But for you to get to heaven one day, you have to be saved. You have to know the Lord's Savior as your personal Savior. You have to. There's restoration, freedom, forgiveness, and redemption at his feet. All you have to do is ask him. And not only that, but you remember in Luke 10, 39, where Mary sat at the feet of Jesus learning about the word of God. So many times we're broken and defeated and bitter and tired because we don't simply want to learn about who Jesus is. We don't want to pick up the word of God, whether it's because you don't understand it or you don't know where to begin. But I'm telling you, if you take the word of God, you physically take your word, you take it to the feet of Jesus, wherever you pray, and you say, Lord, please lead me in your book where to go. And when I do, you bring such understanding and you speak to me and you teach it to me. Who better to teach you than the one who wrote it? But we have to learn about him. Mary knew him. Mary walked with him. And still Mary sat at his feet to learn who he was. You remember when Moses approached the burning bush? And you remember that he took his shoes off because he knew that he was in the presence of the Lord himself. For God said, that's the first time, if I'm not mistaken, that he introduced himself as the great I am. God introduced himself and Moses knew that he was in the presence of God himself and took off his shoes. How much more should we realize that we are in the presence of Jesus Christ? Do you know that you can enter the presence of Jesus? And I'll go back to the power that we have. Do you really believe that you can come to Jesus? If you really believe 
that you can go to the feet of Jesus for whatever you're thinking about right now on your mind that you need to bring to the feet of him. If you truly believe that you can go to the feet of Jesus, your life and your prayer life will change. You will see mountains fall. You will see, I'm telling you that mountain that you think you can't get over, I'm telling you right now, it will crumble right before your eyes. The people that you are praying for, those prayers will be answered The reason that we don't believe it is because we don't have power at the feet of Jesus. What would happen is everybody under the sound of my voice would actually get an active prayer life. And I'm talking active. I'm not talking about you thank God for your food today or you're riding down the road and nothing wrong because when I ride down the road, I talk to Jesus all the time. But there has to be a time and I'm not even saying a certain time. I don't have a certain time. I'm going to be honest with you. There are different times of the day that I will crawl up to the feet of Jesus in different ways and for different things. But there has to be that power in your prayer life where you fall at the feet of Jesus. And then when you have power in your prayer life, you believe he's going to do it. If you will draw close to Jesus like Moses did, and you will realize the presence of God himself that you're in, your life will change. Your prayer life will change. Your relationship will change. Your home will change. Your children will change. Every situation in your life will change if you will realize the power that you have in prayer and bring it to the feet of Jesus. You remember the lady with the issue of blood that touched the hem of his garment? She knew if she could get to the feet of Jesus. And that's all she wanted. Everybody else was crowned around him and wanted to get in his face and and wanted to be all that. And all she needed, she knew if she could just touch the hem of his garment, if she could just get to his feet, she knew that's where her healing was. Somebody needs to touch his garment today. Somebody needs to realize the power that is at the feet of Jesus. I have no idea why you need to touch his hem today. I don't know why you need to fall at his feet. Maybe you're tired, you're broken, you're defeated, you're bitter. Maybe what's standing in front of you is just bigger than yourself. But I'm going to tell you right now, your healing is at his feet. It's at his feet. But then one thing I don't want you to forget, and this is where I'm going to leave you tonight, is once you get the healing or the forgiveness or the redemption or the restoration or once he has answered that prayer and before he has answered that prayer, worship at his feet. So many times we worship after he answers the prayer. And yes, we should because so many times we pray for things and then we don't thank him. We need to thank him. Especially if you prayed for that thing publicly, you need to thank him publicly. But there's a lot of things I pray secretly and I need to thank him for that. But so many times we need to worship and praise him in the waiting period. So when you go to his feet, yes, lay it all out. But don't forget who he is. Don't forget all the other times that he saved your behind and my behind. All the other times that he turned our tiredness into strength, our brokenness into redemption. Don't forget that. Our bitterness into forgiveness. Don't forget what he's done for you. Our broken life into a saved and powerful life. Worship him. 
love him, honor him, and bring it all to his feet. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you for being able to come to your feet. <laughs> to bring my broken pieces to your feet. When I had nowhere else to go. You're amazing. You're more, so much more than I deserve. But I'm so thankful that you love me. I'm thankful that you love every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you for sending your son to die for us. I just thank you for everything that you've done. I'm just thankful tonight. I'm thankful you never gave up on me. And you saved me when I was so undeserving. Thank you for being on the wheel of my life. And taking all my broken pieces. And to making it something to so much more beautiful. I love you so much. I pray, Lord, that you'll touch everybody that listens to this. That, Lord, whatever they're going through, that they will understand the power that's at the feet of Jesus. That you can take their brokenness and make it whole. You can take their bitterness and turn it into forgiveness and freedom. You can take their unsaved soul, God, and you can save them. You can take, God, their tiredness and give them that supernatural strength and peace only you can give. I'm going to go ahead and thank you for it. If there's one that's not saved under the sound of my voice, I pray, God, that you'd save them. Save them and change their life like you did mine. I love you. And again, I thank you for who you are. In your precious name, amen. I love you all. Have a great night.